0: So the big question is this how do value obsessed leaders ascend their business and life to world class levels of effectiveness even if they're inside a bureaucracy or starting from scratch with absolutely no capital that is the question and this podcast is going to bring you the answer my name is doug utberg and this is the terminal value podcast Welcome to the Terminal Value Podcast. We have Richard Claywell with us today, and we're going to be talking about selling your business to yourself, which is a little bit of a play on words. But uh, so Richard specializes in business valuation, but one of the things that you really have to ask as you're building your business is, is this something that I would want to buy if I didn't already own it and it was available for sale? Because that line of thinking is what will take you toward the types of things that will actually make it more valuable when it comes time to sell it. Richard, please introduce yourself and don't let me talk too much.
1: My name is Richard Claywell. I'm a CPA and I've got Multiple designations related to business valuations, and one of those is a certified business appraiser, which is one of the most difficult ones to get. I'm also the chairman of an international business valuation group, and we teach people all over the world how to value companies.
0: Outstanding. Outstanding. Well, so what would you say? I mean, because I think there's some of the obvious things, right? Which is going to be stable cash flows will be, I think, you know, EBITDA, you know, your earnings before interest, depreciation, taxes, and amortization. I think I got all those right. You know, those are your typical things that you use for evaluation. And then a lot of times what you'll do is, you know, depending on the model, you'll put together some kind of future discounted cash flow or multiple based on your industry niche or whatever. But what are some of the other factors or other methods you've seen? Uh, that are kind of, you know, that that are less intuitive. Now, and with that said, I should say that the, you know, I'm probably giving away my age, Uh, you know, I did my undergraduate studies in the late 1990s, and everything was about net present values, discounted cash flows, etc. I'm sure there are multiple other methodologies for evaluating businesses that have or other factors that have come into play.
1: There are, there are actually three different approaches that when you value a company, you should consider and that's the asset market and income approach. Typically, uh-huh. you don't use the asset approach unless there's not enough cash flow being generated through the discounted cash flow yeah. or the discounted earnings methodology. Uh, in the market approach, what we try to do is go out and find public companies, if we can find any, that are comparable to your company. Or we're looking for sales transactions where people have actually sold those. And the theory behind that is, if you look like a duck, quack like a duck, you probably are a duck. So you go out and look at these different multiples that are out there, and if certain range, yeah, then if they typically sell, you know, say fifty percent of earnings, and uh-huh. that's where you fit in, then you would look at your earnings, multiply by fifty percent, and you've got an answer for what potentially that company can sell for.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think, and it, you said potentially, so I think that that's a box that's important to unpack here because I would imagine that for a lot of small businesses, especially if it's something that's been bootstrapped up from, you know, from base from somebody's bright idea, then you're probably going to have a lot of systems and processes that are pretty chaotic. And when people are buying businesses Chaotic systems and processes are not usually things they, would, they like to see. In your view or in your experience, what kind of impact does that have on the valuation that companies can, you know, that they can, can expect if they're trying to go up for sale?
1: It actually has a tremendous impact on, on companies. And the reason for that is, is if you want to sell your company somewhere down the road, I'm going to come in as a, as a buyer, i.e. a potential investor in your company. And can I operate it without you? Yeah, yes. Uh, So therein lies part of the problem because you know what, what you do and how you do it, but you're probably the only person in the entire company that knows that. So if you die today, you've lost a tremendous amount of value and you've lost intellectual property that's in your brain. So that information needs to be documented. What are your processes and what are your procedures? And how do you do that? Now, that's probably extremely yeah. sensitive information. You don't mm-hmm. want everybody in the world to know that. Yeah. So, go out there and create a, a subdirectory on your server someplace. Have your IT yeah. guy set up a, a separate directory for that for you, where you have to have passwords and that sort of thing. That way, I personally can't—if I'm an employee—I can't get in and see what you're doing to take that information and become a competitor. But all that information should be documented on what you do and how you do that. Part of that process, I believe, is and this gets to be a pain. I know that is for the have the to have the business owner say a couple, two or three weeks, maybe a month to jot down everything that they do. Yeah, because if, if if you're an employee and you have a job, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do the same thing day after day. Some minor changes, but with the business owner, it's virtually never the same thing. You know, a right. week in a row. Correct. Correct. So what you do and how you do that. And so that when, when I come in as an investor to take a look at this, this is all documented. I know what you're doing. I know how you do it. That makes it more valuable.
0: Yeah. Got it. Got it. Well, and you know, the thing that I'm thinking when I'm listening to what you're saying is that it's actually remarkable how much of like real business success comes down to good operations. But you know, that doesn't sell books, that doesn't sell uh, <laughs> that doesn't sell courses, that doesn't sell consulting gigs, but operations is just re, you know really really dialed in processes standards you know repeatable operations is just so critical to business success it's just something i see over and over again but i find it fascinating how little mindshare there is for operations just kind of out in kind of the business influencer community
1: yeah and i agree but again and i said a while ago and this this is what i believe is a business owner needs to document that someplace and quote, put it somewhere, where him and his wife, uh, his best uh, advisor, attorney, financial planner, CPA, somebody that's not going to be a competitor. Yeah. You know, if I die or I'm disabled, here's where you need to go to. You know, I've I've actually got a subdrive set up where my wife's got dementia, so I have to contend with that. Yeah. But I've got a, a subdrive set up where. If she gets to the point where she just can't do anything and I need some help doing this, that, or whatever, there are certain people that know to come into the office, this is where they need to go to, here's everything they need to know about our personal lives, and then one of them is a CPA, but they know where to go to to find the information. So the business yeah. owner's got to document that. Yeah. And nothing else, when it comes time to potentially sell the company, you can tell the potential buyer, this is what I've got. Here's what I've detailed, all these operating procedures you just mentioned. Here's how all this stuff works. Here's who's managing this. How do we get from point A to point B? I'm not gonna give it to you unless they sign a, a non-disclosure agreement. I mean, so yeah. it's not free. Because that's extremely valuable. It's a trade secret it's what it is. Yeah. It's extremely valuable information.
0: I think that's really critical. I mean, and so kind of in a similar way, uh, one of the things that that I try to do is either things that I'm doing, you know, or things that I have virtual assistants doing, I'll try to either myself or have them, you know, basically put together in a pretty simplified standard operating procedure, basically just document what they're doing, you know, or if there's something that I'm looking to have somebody else do, what I'll do is I'll turn on Zoom, I'll screen share, I'll record myself doing it, and talking through what I'm doing, and then basically, you know, put, you know, put that up on YouTube as a private link and then include it in a, in a standard operating doc. Because I think you and if you could just do say, you know, three or four of these types of things a week, eventually you'll start filling in a lot of the processes for your business. And it'll take a lot, a lot of the guesswork out of it, you know, and the, although, uh, and, and cause yeah, I know you were talking about trade secrets, although at least in a lot of small businesses, at least, you know, one of the things that I've observed, And, you know, I'd I'd love to know if you feel differently, but one of the things that, that I've observed is that in a lot of cases, a lot of the value of the business is around the kind of branding and communication frequently around the owner. And so like you, even if I took everything you did and tried to do it exactly the same way as you... I would not necessarily be able to get the same results as you if I'm doing things the same way as you, just because it's comparatively few businesses that can basically brand and market themselves completely based on the business without having interaction from the owner. I'd love to know your view there because I am very, very open to being shown where I'm incorrect.
1: (laughs) Well, I, I, I don't think you're incorrect. I think I'm going to answer your question for you. If you and I are going to do the same type of thing because of your experiences, you know, you grew up completely different than the way I grew up, and, and, I, and I'm going to do things differently than you do. It doesn't mean that, that you do it right or you do it wrong. It doesn't mean that I do it right or I do it wrong. It's just the differences in the way we do that. But the owner, what the, what I think they need to do is they need to have these procedures and make sure that people are following those procedures. They don't have to give it to them so there's some consistency, so you yeah. can develop that brand. now. Now that we've got that consistency... Three, four, five years from now, when I want to sell my company, then everything is working the way it's supposed to work. I've got documentation on it, so a new owner can come in, and then everything should be pretty much okay. But those employees will train new employees to do it the same way. And so now you have the consistency and and a better brand.
0: Got it. Got it. All right. Well, so I think, you know, we've been exploring, you know, some of the real facets of how you really make your business sellable. Let's unpack the idea of, as I like to say, selling your business to yourself. And the way that I think about it is, you know, say about every year or so, you should really say, okay, if my business was up for sale, would I want to buy it? And, you know, I don't know that you need to actually facilitate a sale to yourself that will involve transaction costs that probably aren't necessary, but I, I think what, what it does is it, it's where you say, okay, you know, do I have an inventory? you know, if I was going to buy this business, what would I be telling my counterparty? that I still want them to do, or that what are the most important things for them to go out and do before I would say I was comfortable buying this at a market multiple or at a market rate? And because I think that's probably the the most effective way to figure out where to start with what you're talking about is to say, okay, you know, what are those missing pieces of processes, information, documents, whatever, that I would want to see if I was looking to buy this from the buy set as opposed to the seller? Let me know your thoughts on that, kind of on that framework, and if there's any way to augment.
1: What I would recommend is that kind of expensive at the start, but the the costs go away for the biggest part of it. What you need to do is what you should do is get the company value. Uh When we value a company, we're looking for the risks for the skeletons, what needs to be improved, that sort of thing. So, or we could just do a without doing the valuation, which poses some problems because you can't measure the impact of what you're changing. Yeah. But yes. identify all those, those weak points that your company has. That equates them to the risk. The higher the risk, the lower the value. So if you get a valuation the first year that you do this, uh-huh. you identified mm-hmm. all those things. Well, now we know what they are. What is it that we need to work on? And we, we help clients with, with what we call profit enhancement. Yeah, We can go through there. We can Now that we've identified those, we can actually work on those you don't necessarily have to have a valuation every year. They're they're expensive. Yeah. But, you know, maybe every couple, two or three years or so, because now we've gone out, we've addressed these, these specific issues. We've got a new cash flow methodology or some better improved market multiples, that sort of thing. And now we can apply a discount rate or a market multiple modified for the improvements that you've done. So have you increased the value of the company or not?
0: Got it. Well, I I think that's a, as I've gotten older, I've I've gotten an increased uh, appreciation for simple processes, just because uh, complicated things tend to fall apart very easily. But I like that, you know, it's a pretty simple process. I mean, and, you know, because of course, right, you'll you want to start to getting, I would assume you want to get to where you're at least at a break even or, you know, or or have some degree of profitability before you go through the process of getting valued. I think up until that point, you're really establishing viability, or I don't know, think there's, pardon the pun, value in getting a valuation done before you've gotten to where break-even cash flows.
1: There are multiple ways to do evaluation and, and different uh-huh. types of valuations that we do. One of them is called a calculation of value. The other one, from CPA's perspective, is uh-huh. called a conclusion of value. Uh-huh. What you can do is if you and I agree that we're just going to do one or two parts out of 10, you've got to do 10 parts to get the valuation, it's expensive. If you do just one or two, then what you could do is just go out and look at the multiples that are there. Yeah, gotcha. And then look at and develop a discount rate or what that risk factor is and then apply that to the multiples. That's a lot less expensive. It's not a full-blown valuation, so you're not going to get the benefit of a full-blown valuation. But in the early stages, you've got something to take a look at. My company is not worth a dime today. Yeah. Three years from now, maybe it's worth – you know, instead of a dime, three, $400. And then that progress process goes on till you get to the point where now you can afford a full valuation. Let's go out there and take a look at everything.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. Completely makes sense. All right. Well, let's see. So I think, you know, we've been talking about the, they uh, talked about some of the factors of valuation, some of the, uh, you know, the benefits of getting a valuation done. And then also the idea of, you know, the mental construct of selling your business to yourself or really looking at it that way to be able to figure out, you know, what are the areas that you want to approach first in getting your operations dialed in? Because I think that's the other thing that's really important to kind of keep in mind is that, you know, having your operations really, really dialed in is probably going to be one of the best things you can do for the value of your company. So yeah, so kind of bearing all that in mind, does it feel like there's anything we've missed or do you think we've hit the high notes?
1: I think we've hit the high notes. Let me just kind of summarize. You've got a couple major things to think about. What is the income stream going to be? Which is going to be what's your profitability and how risky is that profitability? And you really want to work on both of those. People, a lot of times I think, Look at what are the sales? How do I increase the sales? How do I increase my sales? And I understand that. But if you're continuing to take on additional risk, those sales are less valuable. So you've yeah, got to yeah. work on both ends of the candle on that thing.
0: Got it. Well, hey, hey, Richard, I really appreciate your time. And I think your excellent insights. And let people know where they can find you online. You know, where are you most active on the socials? And uh, let people know where they can go to find your website.
1: The, the website is www.biz with a hyphen valuation dot com. if you want to give me a call i'm in houston area it's 281-488-7531 and if you want to give me a call and just run something by me that's absolutely fine or if you want to send me an email my email is richard at biz-valuation.com be more than glad to Send your response. Now, something that I do is, is, is I not to necessarily be in competition with you, but we do some podcasts. And what I will tell attorneys is if you've got a question on how you handle whatever, because they're involved in litigation, they're involved in the estate planning side of this. If you have a question, let me know what your question is, and we will do a podcast that addresses that question so people better understand it. Excellent. To, to me, this is all simple stuff. You know, what you're doing for you is simple stuff. I wouldn't touch your job with a 10-foot pole. Uh, <laughs> but, if, you know, if we can help each other, here's your problem. I would rather spend a little bit of time saying, here's how you, here's what you need to consider. Versus uh-huh. get down the road six months or a year from now. And because you didn't understand what was going on, now you're hurting. You made a Got balance.
0: it. Got it. All right. Well, hey, Richard, I really appreciate your time today. And I uh, hope you have a great rest of your day.
1: You too. Thank you for letting me be on your podcast. Thank you very All much. Right.
0: Thank you for listening to the Terminal Value Podcast. Please feel free to visit me online at www.terminalvalue.biz where you can subscribe, find me on social, and then we can connect and just keep the conversation going. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you and I hope you have a wonderful day.
1: All rights reserved. No part of this broadcast may be produced in any form by any means without written permission from Business of Life, LLC. All trademarks and brands referred to herein are the property of their respective owners.